Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Man, well, they cast a wide net. I cast a wide net by marriages. Welcome to another episode of Divorce Party. I'm Monica Casey here with Tom Arnold. Our episode today is about children of divorce. And our guest today is one of my dear friends, comedian Zach Noe Towers. He's also the host of After Hours on Sirius XM, and he's on tour with Fortune Feimster. Please welcome to the show, Zach Noe Towers. Tom, this is Zach Noe Towers. Nice to meet you. Thank you for joining us. Oh my God, your nails, Tom. Oh yes, I have a seven-year-old daughter. I don't want her to see me without it. Go, Daddy, what happened to my nails? Know? So Tom, Zach has a show on Sirius XM called After Hours. What's your show about, Zach? It's about sex. Oh, good. Yeah. Is that a a, a, a like or a dislike for Tom Arnold? Oh, it's a, it's a, I, I have it had sex in many years uh, uh, because uh, you know i have four i have four ex-wives i am planning on doing it uh uh one of these days there's a woman i met in tampa this summer at a comic-con and she came to my stand-up show too so she's got good taste and <laughs> seen her since but we've communicated via text messages and i i learned also you can hide your text messages so your kids who will go through your phone don't see them. And so I think next weekend, she's going to go up to a, a casino in Seneca Falls, New York, or wherever I'm performing. And she booked her own ticket. Then she's like, oh, I I, I booked, I rented a car while I'm up there so I can see. Mom's going to have sex next weekend. I know, but it's a lot of pressure when you haven't done it. And then, you know, you're like, oh my God, I may have to take my shirt off in front of this person. Mm. You know, that's uh, okay. With her shirt off. Well, I had a little surgery here. Oh, yeah. sure. But, uh, but you know, you just got to do it. I mean, she's well, taking a leap of faith. Yeah, and just make sure you mention like, oh, well, you know, I'm sure she knows you're still recovering from yeah. your skin cancer surge. Yes. And you yeah. can just say like, be gentle. My shirt and my, well, whatever. But I, uh, you know, Sasha's going with because she opens up for me. That's my assistant who's young and, uh, um, you know, and, and uh, I think the woman, I she got her own room and everything, which is helpful yeah. because the idea of really for the first time oh. getting oh. to know someone and you're right no. there. No. Too close. Know. Way too close yeah. to proximity. Yeah. And what kind of 
What's the sex that you're talking? Do you talk about all sex or how to be good at it or how to be? Yeah, it's, I would love to have you on. It's, it's yes. me and another comic um, talking their sexual journey. Um, so it's like from start to now. And yeah. it's also uh, mm-hmm. sex in the news. Um, listeners call in and people write in with like, I need help or this crazy thing happened. Or it's just like kind of sex. Sex is like. Oh. The umbrella and it's kind of everything underneath. Oh my god, it. I bet Tom has some really funny sex stories. Oh, I know Jeff you. went on Jeff went on Zach's show and he never oh, does anyone's yeah, show. Why did he do our show? He's an asshole. Uh, uh, they went on, I will definitely go on that because I do watch sex on uh, the lesbian yeah. video. I've got this one thing I follow on Twitter or X, and they're outstanding. And you know, it, they keep putting up new product and and they're very, they're fake lesbians, you can tell, because they're, you know, they're, they're made for men, but it, it's, you know, I feel a bond with them. And uh, so I have that one thing I go to and uh, once in a Love while. It. You're going to break the seal. Listen, I once went two and a half years without sex, and that was pretty crazy. That was your That's, decision. That was, that was my drought. Well, but no, but you had to, you know, a woman that, 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 that is you, that's a, that's a decision on your part. Because exactly, men, well, they cast a wide net. I've cast a wide net in my marriages. You know, <laughs> sizes, and I was fine with all of it. But what was that like, Monica? It was weird. It was like, I don't know, because you've almost, I think I can relate to you. Like, you almost forget what it's like to be touched by someone. Like, I remember I went and got a massage, and I was like, and it wasn't erotic or anything, but I was just like, oh my God, I forgot what it's like to have another human's hands on my body that aren't like my daughters, you know? So it was weird. Um, but I think the first time I finally had sex, I mean, I wasn't drunk, but I had had like, you know, two or three drinks to sort of like get that nerve. Yeah. Cause I hadn't had sex with anyone else for like 12, 13 years, you know? So it was wow. weird. Um, so yeah, but I mean, you know, then you rip off the bandit and you're like, oh, it's not, it's easy. Yeah, I can do this. Yeah. But, oh, I always say this to my girlfriends and then we'll get into it. Um, I always say like a man can go into a bar and there's 30 women there and he can find like 28 of them attractive, like enough to sleep with a woman walks into a bar with 30 dudes. And maybe there's one just off looks that she's like, oh, I would totally fuck him. You know, like we're so much more. I, I know for me personally, I'm visual kind of like a man where I can tell within just seeing someone's picture physically, if I would sleep with them. And if they're not um, that immediate, like tingle, there's no way, or I'd uh, have to be like drugged. <laughs> let me just say one thing before we get started. Every massage I've ever gotten in a back, even if I, there was a, like a 75 year old woman who used to massage me, I was like, you still in the back of your mind, hope it turns sexual. Just like you know just just you're it, gonna say you hope to not get a boner yeah or or to get a half boner you want to get your show penis at some point wait you your know, show not, penis not your not your battle penis sex your half boner this like, oh, it's like this all the time yeah look at me What's the oh show? yeah you're just like yeah it's yeah. like it's full it's hearty it uh, feels it, it's a healthy looking dick because <laughs> there's a blood flow there so we're all children of divorce here when, how old were you when your parents got a divorce? I was 10, 10 going on 11. And I definitely think it's when I started to eat. I I had to eat a food problem when I was in middle school. So I got chubby. I got really, really chubby um, in middle school. And then, then conversely got like anorexic in high school. So it was, but I'm an addict too. So like you throw all these things in the mix and- it's off to the races, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, 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 that's interesting because uh, you're much younger than me, but but that's something, this food stuff, this food disorder, this eating disorder, is something that's fairly recent where people, I mean, it's always been there, obviously, yeah. but it's fairly recent where they can identify, okay, this is what's going on, that's what's going on. What were, uh, now your parents got divorced. Did you have contact with both of them? Yeah, um, they definitely both fought for custody. Uh, I was in Missouri. I think they definitely leaned towards the moms in Missouri, if I had to guess. It was this psychotic. Um, so it was every other weekend, 
at my dad's as well as every Tuesday night at my dad's. <laughs> my my dad lived about 45 minutes away from where I went to school. Uh-huh. So we were literally getting up at like 4.30 in the morning on Wednesdays, getting Jack in the Box drive-through for breakfast, and then like getting dropped off at my mom's house to get the bus to go to school. Oh my God. And it was a very like prideful thing because my dad was like, no, Tuesdays are mine. Like Tuesdays are mine. I'll, I'll get the kids on Tuesdays. And like he did, but like, I mean, it was exhausting. Well, but I also, in your dad's defense, now I have, I, Monica was about six and a half years in custody court or whatever. And I, just to, because I want, I have 50% every, and every other week. So I don't have to come in contact with the person and extra dad, son, dad, daughter times. And uh, I think there's a lot of fathers, a lot of parents that go, oh, I just get every other weekend, that random day in the middle of the week, uh, you know, they're like, that's too complicated, forget it. But I think if you're, you know, your father, you feel like that could be the day that changes everything for when you have the kid. It's a great yes. The first custody arrangement my ex tried to get me to do was every other day. And we temporarily did that and it was fucking horrible. It was horrible every other day that go happen to see the other person, meet on the street, do this, that. Horrible for the kids. But uh, but I think that, uh, you know, that random day, you know, my kids, we we moved uh, from the school. We can't, we're poor now, so we can't live in Brentwood. And uh, uh, we Just got, technically probably 40 minutes away in L.A. driving time, an hour, right? An hour. Oh, my God. For an hour, and I got keep entertained. So they have two hours of driving to get to school every day. And they've been champs. Their mom lives three minutes from the school. She's much richer than me. But 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 you know what? You you think about that. Like, what am I putting kids through? But also you think, listen, this is uh you know, this is important. Childhood lasts however long it lasts, not long. Wow. Wait, how old were you, Monica? Um, I was one or around one. Okay, okay. My mom left in the middle of the night in a snowstorm. And the best part is she was like such a daddy's girl. My grandfather who lived in Napa and I was in Utah at the time, drove through like the middle of the night in a snowstorm and then, you know, rescued his daughter out of whatever and the babe and me, the babe, and then drove us back to California. And I always joke and go, I'm pretty sure that's kidnapping. Like nowadays you can't just like decide take to take someone and take them across state lines. Like you could go to another, like a Brentwood or something, but you can't just like go to a whole nother state. And then, and also nothing ever happened. I think because they probably had nothing, like they lived in an apartment, they had nothing. Like, I think there was no, it was yeah. easy to get divorced. And I'm also pretty sure my grandpa paid for it. <laughs> he also- he also, I know my grandfather paid for another one of my mom's boyfriends to get a divorce because he didn't want my mom like living in sin with a married man. <laughs> wow. Super classy. Grandpa, I, I, he rocks, man. Get yeah, my, no, I do have to say he was the shit. He was like old school. Um, He was a man, you know? Gets get shit done. But, yeah, and he was fucking scary. He was do you like- think he, I was going to say, do you think he killed anyone? You know what? I wouldn't doubt it because he was also a custom home builder. So like in construction. So all those dirty foundations shade. Yep. Right in the foundation. And he was like, we used to call him the mad Hungarian when he would get like, he he killed some people. He was scary. Yeah. 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 He definitely killed some people. Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) Napa ghosts in the, (laughs) um, wait. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about when you were 10, did you feel in that time that um like with your dad having to you know do that like I love that he still was like this is my day I'm gonna make did you on could you on some level as annoying as it was like feel that like love of him that he you know he's he wants us because I feel like a lot of kids and from things I see when there's usually one parent like Tom mentioned that's just like eh you can have it or whatever and then that obviously does you know damage over time of course. and yeah did you feel super loved by both parents i will say i'm very blessed in that my parents only crime is loving their kids too much they <laughs> but i will say this like so i've always felt loved by my dad i've always felt wanted by my dad 
I think he still has a lot of issues that he's working out in his own life. And as an adult, you know, you become acutely aware the whole, like, they're just trying to get through life too. Like, yes, they had me, but that doesn't mean they're qualified to be, you know, a, a peer or a leader or someone I look to for advice. I will say, I know now that we were pawns in order for them to take digs at each other which I resent a bit now and that I have to, I have to let go of that resentment, but like, it's just like, Oh, like uh, it, they would stick it to each other by flexing their power as, you know, parents like, well, the court says I can do this. So I'm going to do this. And well, I'm going to file for this. So you can, you know what I mean? And then we were victims of circumstance, but I did. I've always felt loved if they're listening to this, which they're not, I've always felt loved. Yeah. But that's not uncommon. And, and yeah. I, in the, in the best case uh, divorces with kids you know people say shitty things they do shitty things they act that way but then a, a, a period of time they go okay it's not about me it's, it's about kids so okay I'm going to work on that and you make slips slip up once in a while uh, but you know there's people that do it overtly and then there's people that you, you know uh, less consciously yeah kind of hammer well your dad this your dad that and the truth is as you know you love both your parents you know uh, uh, you know you're when you're a kid you know when you're older and you're figuring out what you know that they had and monica's been great about that with her family to go okay uh and be very honest about what it was actually like because when you're a kid you're like everything is awesome and then you work through that to make yourself better so that you as a parent at least in my case, am the best parent I could be. I still make mistakes, but of course, you know that feeling. Did you when you were ten? And, and did they announce they're getting divorced? How did you? How did it go down? Okay, so my, I never saw my parents exchange affection in my life. Huh. There were there were a couple moments like she was crying at you know at, at at the sink or whatever, and he came up and put his arm like around her. Like that's one that sticks out of my head. But like, I never saw them in love. So I always saw them fighting. My dad doesn't have an ounce of anxiety or anger in his body. My mom, very emotional, very, you know, hot and cold, very angry, crying, sobbing, screaming. So they fought all the time, all the time, which was nice because as a rebellious kid, I got to kind of do whatever I wanted because they were... They were at each other's throats, you know, but, um, I, the divorce was a long time coming at one point. I was like, please, 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 please get divorced. But then when they said they were me and my siblings, like got together and wrote this letter about why they shouldn't get divorced and maybe why they should try one more time. And like, maybe we can like help or whatever, but I'll never forget that because we lived behind a bunch of businesses in a house but it was like it was our house a big driveway and the businesses and we would you could go dumpster diving in the businesses dumpsters but we'd also sit up there on this landing and just like hang out and we wrote it on this landing behind this carpet store and we gave it to them of course it did not work but um yeah the, the divorce it was something everyone knew should happen but then when it came time to do it it was very real all of a sudden and scary what, what do you you say you siblings what what are the uh, oh so i have an older brother who's three years older than me so he was like 13 going on 14 and my younger sister is five years younger than me so she was five or six oh so which little. is like just old enough to like understand like exactly but not enough to know why you know what i mean yeah um, I was going to say when I was a teenager, I could hear everything in our house, like paper thin walls. I mean, and I just remember kind of wishing like, God, why don't they just get a divorce? Like this is just, I, even as a kid, I just knew like, oh, this, this feels so wrong. This feels so yucky the way they're treating each other, the way they're talking to each other. And then my mom and stepdad finally like said they were getting a divorce, like right before I graduated college. And kind of the same thing. It just felt like scary and yucky, even though I was an adult and out of the house already, it didn't really affect me much, but I just, I, they had had two little, I had half a half brother and sister and I felt so I was happy for them, but also scared for them, you know, to go through that at such a young age. And then 
obviously now as a grown woman, I realize after seeing how my mom handled the divorce with my stepdad when it, when I was 20 or 21, I'm like, wow, you know what? Maybe it's a weird secret blessing that they stayed together through getting me to college because it was hot mess city for both of them. And who knows, like, you know, how I would have turned out or where, you know, it's like it, it, in some weird, bizarre way, it offered some form of stability versus if I had to do a custody thing between two crazy people. Of course. I don't know. I guess glass half full, you guys. <laughs> well, you know, it's like when, when someone that you love or care about gets a terminal disease and you're, and you deal with that. It, it, it's whatever. And you say, okay, I'm on top of it. I know where it's going. I'm on top of it. I'm going to be, and then they die. And, and then it's like, it hits you a little bit, a lot harder. A lot of people go, well, they were suffering, whatever, but it is a, especially when you're younger, it is startling. Yeah. You, know, you think you got this thing and, oh, you put that in your head about this disease. It's, it's, it's going to be fatal or whatever. And, and then things are going along and then, suddenly they die like suddenly they get divorced that is yeah a different reboot for your head it's um wild that you say that that jogged in my memory because i think when you're a kid you sometimes romanticize divorce because it's like two houses two christmases two birth you think of all the highlights but the reality was like my dad had to live with his sister and her family she had five daughters with her husband we stayed in like their their basement for like months so we were going on these Tuesday nights getting in at like 10 p.m sleeping in a basement like I think one of us on a couch one of us sparing the bed with my dad and like like it was it was bad you know what I mean but like yeah the reality versus like the fantasy are so especially when kids don't know about like yeah how much money it takes to have a separate house and all the things and then you're like but wait this is our reality Um, I know you said that your parents kind of used you as pawns about things. I mean, would they also speak badly about the other parent in front of you? Oh yeah. To this day, to this day. And that's another resentment I'm getting over because they both still blame each other um, Mm -hmm. for their lives, their current lives. And they've been, they've been divorced for 24 years like I had like my dad has money issues he spends money faster than he makes it he get as soon as someone gives him a credit card it's maxed out he moves one balance to the other and I asked him finally I was like you know like why like what's 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 going on here like why are you you don't have the means to pay for this he's like well you know when we got divorced I got all the credit card debt and I go <laughs> okay how much was that and he's like oh 20 30 grand and I was like but it was 24 years ago go like work with me here like and then my mom will be like oh well I don't she doesn't spend money she's very frugal she doesn't have enough it's very lack mindset and whenever it comes up she's like well your your father never really gave me money to do that I'm like but you have money to do that like what like what they both really the story they tell themselves is that the other ruined their life I think and like I assume neither of them has done any therapy. No, no. And I, I, I beg them. My dad's a chiropractor. He doesn't have great health insurance because he doesn't even really believe in internal medicine. I don't think much less like therapy. He would never spend money on that. But my mom is a retired school teacher. She has a pension. She has insurance. I'm like, please <laughs> look up what your, what your plan covers yeah. and talk to me about it. Even if it, you think it's too much money, I might have some to give to this cause, you yeah. know, but they well, don't. You're, first of all, the, the way you're describing your folks, and then I hear school teacher, and a chiropractor, I'm like, what the, I guess that sounds like you'd be living large, man. Uh, they seem like those jobs are what normal. Very healthy do. Yeah. jobs. Now, did the, either of them ever get remarried? This is crazy. Okay. So. Uh, yes, is the short answer. My mom, after they broke up, I remember she went on a couple dates. Like I remember watching this guy kiss her outside of her car, like in their driveway, like after a date. And I was like, ah! um, my dad, no, my dad 
for, to my knowledge, dated no one the past 24 years. And then last April, this past April, he got married to a woman me and my siblings had never met. Oh my God. Yeah. And she's the receptionist at his office. And I guess they were under, it was, uh, it was on the DL until they were engaged. And then they like announced Mm. it. And I met her finally when I went home for Thanksgiving, but it, yeah, he didn't even tell us about the wedding because me and my sister were going to be in in Europe. And he's like, well, I thought you guys might be mad. And, and I didn't know if you could afford to come to Denver, which is where they randomly got married. And I was like, you could, you could tell us though, like, let us, let us decide that we don't want to go or decide that instead it was like a surprise. I don't know. It was weird. That's weird. Also, you're adults now. It's not like a kid. Listen, we're breaking up. I got this other thing here. I mean, it is a little, uh, you know, I feel for your dad a little bit that I, I, that it was also probably why your folks broke up, that he's not, uh, you know, it it doesn't seem too uh, passionate about the other sex or whatever. And a guy like that, they're going to work every day, not dating anybody. And this is, I've made horrible mistakes. And they're like, the woman's sitting right there. How, that would be easy. That would. Not I like to a- call that laziness. Like yeah. sometimes men are so, my grandfather, the one who I adore, when my grandmother died, he married the fucking housekeeper. I, I tell you, I'm going to say this about Rosa, who's here. Speaks no English. Comes here uh, every day and it, it just organizes the shit out of this place. And the kids, the kids are messy and, and uh, uh, done it for eight or nine years. And it's re- she's really the best relationship I have. Again, she doesn't speak any English or she pretends she's not for me, but she's such <laughs> a solid person. Like, and I always say, I can do everything. I don't need, I, you know, I'm a man, I can do everything. I can wash the, like the kids' clothes, I can do this, but I can't really fold them. I have to say, there's a little thing, but I do have such respect for her that I can see how, you know, I, a guy would go, Okay, well, she's. I can see what she does. Yeah, like if maybe if Rosa started hitting on you all of a sudden and gave a really great BJ, you'd be like, "All right, I'm okay, Rosa, <laughs> you're hired." <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but I see. I have a lot of respect for her. But you do, if you're bad, you're looking at that like that. That is something bad. That is a a talent that I respect. Yeah, I just think it was sheer, like you're available, sheer laziness. She obviously either was open to whatever. This also goes back to like therapy in a way where it's like, and I'm not throwing straight men under the bus. I do think maybe queer women, queer people and women go to therapy more than straight men do. But like, it's that like him maybe not knowing what he wants still. And like, it has to come very easily to his world and like he is a hard worker and he he does he is a kind sweet man but i don't think he does a ton of introspection on like why his life is the way it is i think it's a man who was born in 1953 you know doing what he thinks he's supposed to do and not really second guessing it ever um and but you know he's also like i said a chiropractor and you know, he has a roof over his head. So who am I to yeah. judge? Did your mom, does your mom, since she isn't remarried, has she had like long-term relationships? Anyone you no. like? She um wanted, she, I know she wants a companion. She recently told me that she feels like touch starved or like touch deprivation. Yeah. Um, And I think the pandemic probably didn't help that either. Um, She's gone on like random dates, but like I don't know. I really wish my mom would settle down with a a woman, like a lesbian. I think my mom, despite claiming to be a heterosexual, would make an excellent lesbian. Just just beyond. Because she just wants companionship. She wants companionship. She wants someone to talk to and hang out with and go to. I don't think she's 60 or she's 70. Wow, she's 70. I don't think sex is at the forefront of her mind. Like, I think that if it's a house, it takes up the smallest room in the house, like the attic space might be sex, you know, Mm -hmm. I think, but I, I just, I do wish she had somebody like to hang. You know, Jim Cap, James Cameron told me once, who's been married five times, by the way, and his last marriage is amazingly successful because he would always say, I say, I've been divorced too much. It's embarrassing. I'm never getting married again because people make fun of me. And he's like, fuck them. You write the end of your own story. 
So, uh, but he also said, beware. Women, you think they need you. You think they need you. And the moment that, that you're done having children, that they don't have children anymore, they look around. And if you're an asshole, they go, fuck this. <laughs> I'm out of, why would I stay? And then they're gone. And a lot of times they do end up in relationships. They don't, uh, when, they're, when you're 70, you don't kind of announce it. Oh, this is Joan. And we're, you know, but it, it's an organic thing that happens where you it meet somebody else that, that loves to travel or loves to talk or whatever it is. It gives you those things you deserve, hugs, whatever. And then, then it morphs into this other thing. But I don't think you necessarily have to have sex with them. Uh, no, no. I wonder how the older lesbian thing works. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And people, the world is changing, thank God. And pay, there's not this one rule where you have. I mean, to I definitely love the Golden Girls scenario. You know, getting a house with a couple of your favorite friends, and you just kind of communally live. And Actually, there's, I, no way, B, B, there's no way B. Arthur was a, a bottom. There's no. You can just tell. Like, oh yeah, she's I mean, her balls dropped with that top, I love top energy. Do you guys, okay, so as someone who's never been married, who doesn't see marriage for myself, what part of, what part did sex play in like your divorce or divorces? Did it play a part? Was it a lack thereof or did it fade and like that wore on you or was it, do you know what I mean? Well, oh my, in my case, uh, you know, uh, to hear, oh, you're bad at sex, you're not romantic, you're whatever, a lot makes you want to get a divorce. But I think that the the, the success, I mean, I'm not just, a, I'm not a super sexual guy. That's not, I don't lead with that. I do like to have intimacy. But uh, I think that my friends that have been, and there's no reason to get married. If your life if you're missing something in your life that only marriage will solve, well, okay, there's that. Or showing you can make some sort of commitment. But but the friends that succeed for many years, that sex does fade. And you just got to get over that. And, you know, it ebbs and flows. But you have to have intimacy. So you say to yourself, this is the only person in the world I can be intimate with. They'd have to do the same. I'm not liking this person right now. I'm getting, I'm, a, I'm jealous because they don't seem to like me. And then you just got to do it. You just got to go. And I tell people, just go in a closet and fuck or blow each other or do what? Just do that act. Not the rose petals. That's some bullshit. That builds up. And then what's a. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know, hopefully once a week, uh, once a month, hump day. You want to do that, it breaks the slump, I'm telling you. And then if you want to do it more uh, gently, but it reminds you, oh, this is that person. And I do like the, this feeling. And it's the only person in the world. Break it. And, and because if you stop and both get, well, oh, I'm jealous of that. So there's something going on at work for him or she's, uh, you know, uh, not interested in me anymore. And you get your resentment. And you know, that becomes a whole third world. That becomes the reality, which it's not. And when both people are sometimes people are cheating on you i have to say that. <laughs> but, but you know that's on them you know and uh so yeah you gotta have sex yeah. I, a lot of my game my brothers have been married for 13 years to his uh partner and uh first of all he says number one he's my younger brother when he turned 50 he was devastated because that's like uh, a straight person 70 <laughs> that's what he said but you know they gotta uh 
you know, this, the success is, uh, uh, you know, I, I do think this is my generalization, but the gay man, because of the nature of how they've lived their lives, sex is, they, they do think about sex more, or at least admit it, you know, and it's, it's like, you know, they're, they're freer, you know, they don't have to get something it's uh, secret and fucking weird and bring a third party into their relationship. Uh, that, and so, yeah, it would be more uh, probably for you because of uh, it, the way you, you think it's like, you know, for oh, sure. We have a wife tell you that you were bad at sex. Yeah, of course. The last one. Uh, we did not have a lot of sex. And even when we had our, made our kids, we had, I did it in the lab. But yeah, she, <laughs> she would say anything cruel, period. Wow. And, and you know, that's the historic. Oh. I think it was like that from the very beginning, 15 years ago. But, but my self-esteem was so low that, uh, and, and I, I, you know, that I was like, okay, well, this is, uh, you know, this is challenging. But that, that just, that behavior has not changed today, which is, uh, and eventually you go back and you get away from something, you go, okay, this isn't okay. How do I, I can't live the rest of my life with this because you have to have some sort of interactions, but of course. they're limited. Are any of your siblings married? Um, my brother got married to a girl he met online when he was like 24. Mm -hmm. And I think she was 19. And they got married at the zoo and I was not in, I was not in the wedding, but I, the, the wheel, the, the flower girl was, um, in a wheelchair and I pushed her down the aisle as she threw her petals. Um, but they were together for like a year and a half, I think. And then they got divorced, but my sister, no, she, she my sister almost got married last year and her, Oh my God, this is not my story to tell, but her fiance ended the relationship the day after Christmas. What and a then, nice guy. I mean, and he, he, Jewish? Uh, <laughs> no, he's a uh, British, which is oh, worse. Uh, but he, yeah, he really fled the guy. I mean, I would uh, 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 verbally beat the shit out of him if I could, um, because I see my sister as someone very, evolve very kind very giving very gracious very attentive and i'm like you fucked up sir like you fucked up hard but you know that's also not my you know that's not my argument um but By the way, my sister is so sweet i met her when we were all on the sag strike picket line and yeah. she's such a light she's so funny i can totally you guys probably have so much fun together but yeah this, and she knows this by now that asshole day after christmas that's the best thing that could have happened in their relationship because if he's willing to do that who fucking knows what kind of bullshit the rest of her life would have been you know if someone does yeah. some decency and, you know you get to break up with people if it's not working you get to break up and uh uh that but that that seems like something that would scar a person like it was day after christmas how about if it was christmas day how about i got a what a, a one of my wife told you she wanted a divorce on Valentine's fucking day. Oh, got her all this stuff, and and she was right. It it turns out I now that I think back, but that was the day she we had a therapy on Valentine's day, which I thought was a little bit uh, dicey. But she that she wanted to tell me something. I wanted to order. I'm like, oh fuck, okay. But you know, you 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 move on. You say, well, you know, I have the luxury of being old. And I can look back at these different marriages and see, okay, what was my part in these? Where were they in their life that we got together? And, you know, you just move on. You, you get some funny stories. Yeah. But then you move on. As I say, I did, I did break up with a guy on Valentine's Day because it was so hyper aware of love. And there was something about us pretending that we were in love on that day that I couldn't hand I was like it was too uh, the foiling of the two emotions were way too strong and I was like I'm lying like I'm lying to say I love you I'm I'm lying like I'm I can't do it and but that's also maybe the recovery in me as like a recovering addict I I need to tell the truth to my detriment even sometimes um I don't know how I got here but really yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. One yeah. of the things I want to talk about is, so I, you know, I know what I know about you and relationships from doing Jeff Lewis together. Um, yeah. How do you think, do you, you know, we get affected by all these things that happen. So obviously seeing, you know, your parents' relationship, how do you think that's affected the way you view relationships and how you kind of, I feel like consciously choose not to really be super attached and then tell us about your dating now. I know that's like 45 questions, but no, 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 I got it. <laughs> I will be the first to admit I am stunted when it comes to relationships. I again, didn't see affection. I only saw fights. I've witnessed friends be in love and love and love and then ruin each other's lives. I, maybe that's because I'm looking for the bad and I'm not looking as much for the good, but I see a lot of people in relationships with people they don't particularly love for very long because they think they're supposed to. I see people cheating instead of being honest that they need something else that this partner doesn't give them. And every time I've been in a relationship, I feel myself slowing down. It's almost like I'm a train that's moving and there's someone running behind and I have to like, I have to like slow the train down so they can jump on. And like, maybe that's just where I'm at in my life. Maybe that's because I haven't met the right guy, but like, I, I hate slowing down. So I'm just like, oh, let me, someone goes like, oh, do you want to come to brunch next Sunday? I'm like, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, fuck Gary. Um, hold on. Let me ask Gary if like, if we're supposed to do something that day. And like, I don't, I don't like that. I love myself and I love my company so much that like, I don't feel like Tom said earlier, if there's something you're looking for that only a marriage can kind of give you great. But like, I don't feel like I'm missing anything. So oftentimes when I add a relationship into the mix, I bring problems into my life that was going fucking fine moments before. Um, so I have a lot of short-term relationships. I'm really embracing that because I do love int intimacy. I do love connectedness. I like sex. And so I do these short-term relationships and I don't, I used to shame myself, I think, that I don't have any long-term people. Oh, you've worked together seven years. Yeah, you've hated each other for three and a half, but congrats on seven years. It's like, I'm. you won't catch me in that. You won't catch me in that ever. So instead, I have a beautiful six months with someone and I go, I think this has run its course. Like, I think, I, I think there's more, you know, dislike than like right now. Like, I think you're tired of my body. I think I'm tired of my body, your body. <laughs> um, but now in this very moment, I'm dating a married couple, which has been very nice for me because they get to have their bond, their thing that I don't feel drawn to. And I get their affection and I get to give them my affection and it's fun and it's breezy and it's it's just the right amount of intimacy that I need, I think. Are the, are the married couple both bad? Yeah. Okay. Uh, have you ever dated a, a married couple that were a man and a woman? No, I want, I'm aspiring bisexual, but right now I am 114% gay. Right. But I like to I like to keep that door cracked open. Like I think women are beautiful. If I could be attracted to women, I would, because men tend to be a little bit grosser, but like I've only ever made out with a woman and like rubbed the vagina over jeans. Yeah. Yeah. Well that's you're still gold star. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, yeah, I think what my mistake we're talking is I always look for what's good. Like before there, there were signs before I got married, there were signs before that when you look back when I kept projecting uh my goodwill and my dreams on the person. Like, I, we have so much to come. We both want to have children. We both, this. And then you do that and uh, and continue to do that. So then it has to be about me being fucked up because this is perfect, but I fucked up. But if I look back, there were moments before we got married, uh, within the first, once we got engaged, there were moments and, and uh, then I went, oh, this is not right. But I just didn't trust myself. And I didn't, I thought I'd be an asshole if I broke it up. Or, mm -hmm. But you do learn to trust, like, you know what you like. That's a good feeling to go, today, this is what I like. And I feel good about it. I'm not going to have the, there's all pressures to be certain ways by certain people. And it makes you feel good. 
And what happens is a situation like your buddies call you for brunch. You're like, oh, wait a minute. I got to think what, what is, you know, uh, you end up doing all their fucking brunches with their asshole buddies. You know, that, like you're like, well, we can't figure this out. Uh, so everything they ask me to do, I'm going to show up. And then you feel angry because you're losing your freedom, your creativity. This is toxic, you know, and, and they're like, what's wrong? I'm telling you, you always say yes. You, you, you always say you want a cup or whatever. They, they just don't, you know. And so then eventually you break free. Yeah. Creative again. You you put together real your old friendships because you get in this bubble with a toxic relationship and you people start falling off in your group because they don't want to hear about it. They don't want to. And then you've spent so much time focusing on this thing that only after it explodes do you go, okay. And it takes you a while to rebuild, connect with people in your life. Yeah. Like, well, you dumped me because of uh, the guy didn't like me or whatever. And you got to, and, and that's why it just remains important to keep that sphere of your 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 home group. Going. <laughs> yeah. Fellow addicts like me. You know. <laughs> I love it because I feel like it's such good boundaries. Like just hearing you say, you know, look, it's been six months, blah, 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 you know. Or uh, which I think is maybe one of like, yeah, like what are the gifts you think you were, you've learned or gotten from seeing the way your parents' divorce went down? I feel like one of your gifts is your brutal honesty about how things are going. Like I'm not wasting time. I saw time wasted and continue to see it kind of wasted. Yes. I, um, and again, this is my God, my life is so intertwined with the rooms and recovery and stuff. And a big thing is like, um, personal inventory and like constant, I take constant inventory of how I'm feeling morning, noon, and night. And like, if something's not, I understand that not everything is supposed to be good all the time, but I, I can clock how often it's not good. And I can see over time that it's trending down and not trending up. And you're right. Like my parents, I don't think have that awareness maybe. And I, that is a gift that I see them and I go, no, 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 not, no, I'm not taking a, a step in that direction. If, even if it airs on me dying very, very, very alone, like I will not a be like that and b affect people around me like that. Cause it does what, what we do all, it has a ripple effect, you know, and mm-hmm. I'd rather be a good ripple than a bad ripple. Yeah, I, by the way, we, most of us end up dying alone, no matter what we do. It just yeah. is because like, all of a sudden you're like walking around day to day. Yeah. So, yeah. And by uh, the way, you have, you're so amazing and you have so many people that love you. You would not, it's not, you know, like that's, that's family slash sure. family right there. Yeah. I agree. I think that's so Brady, I think you getting, having that support group too, because, it, and Monica doesn't, because she's a normie, but. You know, you hear the most honest fucking things you've ever heard from other people. Like, you're like, holy shit, I can't believe they're sharing that. That would be a bad. And then you think, well, I'm definitely safe here. Whatever I got going, you know, I just want to, because also when you get clean and sober, it's a whole different, like every relationship you had before that, you know, (laughs) you got to look at that. and, And once you get clean and sober and continue to work on it and get save your own life, every time you go, uh, you do uh, tend to, we can all make bad choices, which I, I, I only got married sober, but, <laughs> but we do, uh, uh, you know, we stay connected to this group. I have to ask you about your relationship, your current one. Yeah. Are they older than you? Uh, no, we actually go 37, 38, 39. Oh, that's, you know, I would have uh, made a uh, judgment, a stereotype on my part. To say, I bet they're an older couple and you're the hot young guy. <laughs> That's that, you know, what, where are the chat? You know, I'm always trying to fit. We're this. like, what's the daddy issues? Like, no, that, that totally makes sense to me. And also you hear married and you're like, they're probably in their forties plus. And, um, I definitely am open to that. If anyone's listening, that fits that demographic. If you have a Palm Spring, a place in Palm Springs, a place right. in Mammoth, I let's go. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, these guys happen to be. And it's so funny too, because one's, I think, slightly shorter than me and one's much taller. So we're kind of like a little, little big, you know, and it's, it's kind of cute. They're like a crate and barrel light up Christmas tree collection. Monica had me watch these, oh yeah, had me watch these uh, cult documentaries where they, 
there were a couple of sex cults and a couple. And I once I start watching something like that, I've got to watch it all. But I found something, Monica, I'm going to mention to you. I yeah. think the woman's name was Bettencorp. Bettencorp. Uh, maybe if not, she was the richest woman in the world. She lived in France. And she'd had a husband. And uh, uh, But then this uh, a gay art dealer came into her life. And they really developed. She ended up giving him $250 million. But, but it, she said, yeah, this guy, because her husband lived on way on the other end of the house, so that he ended up dying. They're both. But this guy, and then her daughter thought she wasn't going to get the inheritance. The uh, I don't know if it's thirty billion or sixty billion, Jesus. and tried to get that guy out of her life, and said she was senile or whatever. And when the when the therapist went to interview her, the, the the daughter, she said directly, "I, this man has made me happy. I, this is my money. I give him whatever the fuck I want to give him." He genuinely has made my life better. And then you saw in documentary, he did that with a couple other old rich ladies who died, thank God. No, but I thought, I get that. How do, what do you add to this person's life? And it may not seem on paper like, oh, this goes together. But if a person uh, that gives you joy or happiness or makes you laugh, you know, it, it, it casts a, a much wider yeah. you know, Completely. It's any adults making the decision. This is their decision, you know. And that that one of the butlers had tape recorded uh, a lot of their meetings. Put when he brought wheeled in the coffee. There was a tape recorder under there. They had tapes. It's of, a movie. Yeah, and uh, uh, you watch that documentary series. What's all, it called? Um, I the, I think the richest woman in the world. I'm not sure. Uh, I I, but uh, it's she's from uh, uh, France, and she was kind of a kingmaker taking the politicians, but, you know, I really felt like she's getting love that she didn't get, uh, you know, that's, you know, she loved her husband, but she didn't quite get that. And then the daughter is a lunatic, but she ends up trying to put everybody in prison. It doesn't work out. People were taking advantage of, of the woman. Oh my God. I know what I'm watching this weekend. Yeah. Right. That sounds so good. If you got $60 billion, you should be able to spread it around yes couple mil here and there yes um zach so i want to talk about your sobriety so i love that you mentioned that things sort of started out with like eating disorders as you were younger and then you know how did it you know escalate or Yeah. yeah Um, I mean, I think with a lot of us addicts, like we have trouble self-soothing and we are anxious or we're too smart for our own good. We live in our heads. Uh, we don't really understand how we fit into the world. And like my first, the, the first tool that I picked up to, to combat that was alcohol in high school. And as soon as I drank, I was like, oh, this is it. There, there's a phrase keys to the kingdom like those were my first keys to the kingdom if I had alcohol in me I was like good to go and then you know it just gets worse because like the hole we're trying to fill is like a spiritual one or it's a spiritual malady that's what we're taught and um it's bottomless you can't fill it with external things you have to like fill it from within basically and so as much alcohol and drugs as you pour into this pit it, it's never enough. And then it, it truly becomes my, my using was magic medicine misery because it was magic at first. And then I needed it. Like it was medicine, like, Oh, we're going out to the bars. I need to have four drinks before I go to the bars. Cause I feel uncomfortable sober at the gay bar. So I'm going to drink. I was the last person swinging when the Uber got there or whatever, like one more shot, you know, free shot. Um, and then misery because like I, would, whereas when I was a teenager, I just needed to hang out with my friends and maybe have like a smear off ice or get a little buzz. Now I needed friends, alcohol, cocaine, and then a dude who wanted to fuck me. And if I didn't have all four of those things, I was miserable. And even when I got the four things and I woke up sticky in Van Nuys, I would still not be happy. The anxiety would all come back. The pit was open again and needed filling and so you start trying to fill it again and so I just got really exhausted trying to fill that pit and like I had a friend who was sober and he took me to a meeting and then like 
uh, AA is so weird. Like it's people wanting, it's so fucked up. I, everyone's like, I felt like I was home. I was like, I felt like I was at the DMV. I did not want to be there. Um, but people are trying to hug you. People are trying to get your phone number. I was so untrusting. I was so transactional at that point in my life that I was like, what do you fucking weirdos want from me? And they don't want anything. They just want to help you not drink and do drugs. And like now cut to, I'm eight years sober. And I like, I went to a meeting this morning and like, whereas I don't feel very compelled to drink or do drugs. I now get to be that weirdo who's kind of like trying to hug a, yeah, a twink and be like, it's okay. Like, it'll be, Aww. it'll be okay. But yeah, but I love being sober. Sober is being sober is the best thing I've ever done. As a comedian, did wow, you have yeah, any fear? Did you have any fear as a comedian that like, oh my God, what if I'm not funny when I start? Oh yeah. I mean, I used to think I needed a shot and a drink on stage to be loose and to be like, uh, you know, in the moment. No, it makes you more disconnected from the audience. Now I'm painfully sober and I can pick up on every little thing that's happening in the room, which is very scary at first. But yeah, I mean, Tom, I'm sure you can relate to that too. Like being more in tune with the audience instead of like disconnected. But so it's the lie that this disease wants to kill us. Yes. It's still in our heads. It says you're in today. You're doing good. You went to a meeting. I get to talk to you. This is my meeting. But uh, it says, hey, you're if you lose weight, you won't be funny. And I know a lot of fat comedians that, that ended up dying. They got that voice. Oh, people won't think you're funny. And people tell them, nor people, hey, they're managers. Don't lose weight. You got that. Same with women. They'll say, lose weight or else you lose all this stuff. And with booze, my history is the same as yours. The magic, the uh, maintenance, and then the, what was the third one? Misery. And, uh, uh, you know, because it is fun and to say I've never had fun doing drugs, and alcohol is a lie is <laughs> or else we wouldn't have continued and gotten ourselves in this horrible position. But I think it's good that you, you know, as a man, you have an art where it bugged the shit out of you when people hug. Now you're the guy bugging the shit out of other people. <laughs> and that's a, that is a good feeling from yeah, the history of. And by the way, a group that doesn't want anything for you, maybe a dollar, but this group has been around, name another business or whatever, or name a religion that doesn't want your money. I think about this all the time, how it's AA is truly, all things aside, AA is one of the most fascinating uh, inventions ever, ever, because they don't require, and the only requirement is the desire to stop drinking. You can go in there to, to eat all the donuts, drink all the coffee, knock a bunch of mugs on the ground. They may ask you to leave, but you can come back the next day and in theory, do it all over again. Like that's the only requirement. And it's this huge group that like, don't now I donate $5 every time I go to a meeting. Cause I used to put in four quarters that I was like, Oh, I can either do laundry or I can go to a meeting. Like, and I didn't need to then, but it's just like, now I'm like, here, take $5. My life is very good right now. Like, take $5, you know? And do you share at meetings? Do you ever go and uh, lead a meeting and stuff? That's help. That's good, too. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, I love I that. That's the thing, though. At early sobriety, I was, because there's shares that are like 20 minutes, usually, where you talk about your experience, strength, and hope. Basically, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. And I was so scared to speak. I was such a scared, fearful creature. I never shared. I never three minutes. I was so scared. And now I have like a, a pretty like fun, like 20 minute share. That, like, I have a 20 minute set. I get that. I get yeah. That. You're like that, that. There's a couple jokes in there that like, that always work. And I'm not trying to be happy, but I'm, I'm, I like to laugh and I like to make people laugh. And like, if they fit into my story, like I'm going to fucking tell the jokes yes. and like, yeah. So it's good. Oh, good. They enjoy yeah. We got it. We're entertainers, Monica. Uh, well, I was going to say, it's not a coincidence that I feel like most entertainers come from divorced homes. <laughs> a lot of us, your sister is also an actor. What is your other, what does your brother do? Um, He's, and he delivers for DoorDash. He's, he's kind of like, I feel weird saying this kind of failure to launch. My mom has owned a duplex in St. Louis. She lives on one side. He lives on the other rent-free. He just like, like he owns a duplex. Your mom is like the cartel leader. Like <laughs> I think that sounds amazing. Yeah. That yeah. You got there and then your mom, she's not in the house with you technically. So you get to enjoy. Yep. That's yeah. what I want. 
I mean, all my so, friends, all my high school friends who got married when they were 22 are now like mostly getting divorced. I feel like that's definitely the trend. The Midwest and East Coast, they get married very young. And yeah, that first divorce is usually around like 30. 30 yeah. Mm-hmm. Once you're 30, we're all the same age. I say this all the time to my assistant who's 30 years younger. I go, don't get, she says, oh, you're old or what? I go, don't, no, no, don't even do that because we're all the same age. So fix, fix me up with your sister. You're perfect. We'll, she sounds amazing. Although she was the baby of the family, so she's probably uh, a little spoiled, as she should be. I have a, my daughter's the baby of her family. But that's good. She, you know, I. I well, I, we were I, talking I, about the age gap yesterday on the radio. Like, what's too much? Like, a lot of people were thinking twenty years is too much. But I said the same thing. I said it depends on where you are yes. in the age range. Like, if you're twenty dating a fifty-year-old, gross. But if you're thirty and the guy's fifty, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Um, I, oh, I will say, Tom, uh, True Lies is one of her and I's favorite movies ever. I Same. will reenact that every day. You know, I'm divorced Roseanne, and there's a line in the movie Tell you says, where I say, and I come into the to work. Uh, we were filming on the East Coast or somewhere in Washington D.C. And, and and Roseanne was having people break into my house at night and do weird, not not like big macro stuff. Like I would say, okay, I'll burn her house to the ground. She'd have people break in, take all my batteries out of all my remote controls, like all of them. So I got up and work. I was like, what the fuck? And I and, and they were all, and I'd still try to make it work. But but uh, one day, Arnold and I were doing this health shake thing where they just giant uh, all vegetable fruit things and I had to bring two, make two to come to work at one in the morning. And I didn't do that very long, obviously. But it required a lot of ice. And I, you know, an ice maker will only make a certain amount. So I had 30 uh, ice cube trays in the freezer. And I went in to make my shakes in the morning to go to work and they were gone. And I... Uh, I was like, you got to be shitting me. And so I came into work and I said, Jim Cameron and Arnold were in makeup. And I go, I, I said, you won't believe what fucking happened. And I tell him what happened. I go, what kind of a sick bitch takes the ice cube trays out of the freezer? And Jim Cameron said, say that in this next scene. And so that's the passion behind that is all real. Oh my God, what a scoop. I love Hollywood so much. Thank you for that, Jeff. I, and I, I totally remember that line. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. I feel like you and Roseanne were like War of the Roses. My kids will, you know, because they're so young, they'll get on the internet. They'll see pictures of me in the 80s getting in fights in front of the old Spago, defending my. Oh my God. You were a badass. I go, look at that is me. I was. (laughs) Uh, So then I look back on, you know, that and I certainly had fun writing the show for six years and acting on it. That's a that's a home run. If you look back on an old relationship, you go, I there's so many things you you pick the good things, you know. I didn't appreciate her going on Saturday Night Live and say, saying saying had a three inch penis. That was, but you know, because that's confidential. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I mean it was it was a, a crazy time. You guys weren't even bored. I know, Zach, you're yeah. on tour right now still, right? Do you have any shows coming um, up? I have, um, no, I, I'm, I'm done for this year, but I'll be me. I have a podcast with my friend, Kelsey Dara called confidently insecure. And we're doing a live show in Philly and New York on February 6th or 7th and 8th. Mm-hmm. And then I'm opening for fortune Beamster February 9th in Denver. So come see me for yes. And how do they get tickets? Um, zachnoytowers.com. Okay. So yes, follow Zach on Instagram, get your tickets. And your resume, Tom Arnold's brother-in-law. Just, I'm taking a leap of faith that it's going to work out with your... We're Thank manifesting. You. We're manifesting. I love it. Oh, my Thank God. You. Thank, Thank you, so you Zach. Of course. Thank you for having me.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.